Good evening, everybody. We are back again. <laughs> I find it so odd. I hated cameras. <laughs> to be talking to a camera, it's like... <laughs> so, but God bless you. God gave this option, and we go with it. Whether we like it or not, we are servants who obey. And a lot of people who are blessed, so we just thank God for every opportunity, online, offline, whichever mode he chooses we obey. And like Jesus said in the parable, after having done everything, we just say we are unworthy servants, O Lord. So we just thank God for this morning's pastor's conference and uh, for all who were there and all the volunteers who helped. And uh, now as we go to the Q&A, we have questions, uh, uh, but there's so much questions, backlog as we call it in India, so much, and we'll try to answer a few. I still don't think we'll be able to answer all the questions. And uh, we trust God will bless you. Yes, uh, tired. Definitely I'm tired. My voice is not going or gone, mm -hmm. but I'm resisting it. And uh, for all those who are tuning in for the first time, this is not anything which you think it is. It is just, uh, what do you call it? Green tea. You can lemon, lemon tea. tea. Lemon tea, lemon tea. Lemon tea, that's all it is. <laughs> And uh, because I asked it because it's a question about yeah, alcohol. We'll start with that first. <laughs> There's a question about <laughs> alcohol today. So this is not an answer to that question. This is just to ease my sore throat. So we just thank you. And before we go into the Q&A, let's look to the Lord. Father, we just come before thee, Lord. Yes, Lord. You are the answer. Awesome God, yes. Awesome God. Awesome Every answer shepherd. is found in, in you. you. Yes, Lord. We may have a billion questions, <sighs> but the answer is Christ Jesus. Yes, yes, Outside of him, there is no answer, fulfilling, satisfying answer. Outside of him, there is no truth. Therefore, Father, we stay in him. We come under the subjection and the authority of your word. And we pray, Lord, if we err, oh, Jesus. have mercy on us. Amen, Lord. And I pray, Lord, even if we err, you will give wisdom to the hearers, Lord. That they should not listen to the voice of man. They should only listen to the voice of God. For you have said in Psalm 138, verse 2, I have magnified my word above all my name. You also magnify your word. Speak to somebody tonight, Lord. Our night, different time zones around the world, even during the Q&A. Because you are a God who asks questions, you are a God who answers questions. Speak, comfort your people, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, Pastor, so because the question is about wine, so <laughs> let us look at question number nine. Okay, wine and, okay. Wine and dine. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it says, uh, question, questioner asks, Jesus turning water to wine, the first miracle at the wedding at Cana. Wine in the Old and New Covenant also refers to a fermented, therefore alcoholic grape juice. It's in the light of Jewish cultural context, then of a long process of making the wine. Whilst this refers to alcoholic beverage, the understanding is over uh, is overindulgence or drunkenness leads to sin. However, consuming in small quantities was, was and is permitted. Is it true? I understand from the pulpit it's hard to convey this, as many struggling with alcohol addiction uh, struggle to limit to. Hence, is it always recommended not to tap into that avenue? 
the simple question is like, uh, remember one of the days when we answered and when we preached also, we said, New covenant is not about laws, it's mm. about principles. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at the principle. Okay, you have to look at the principle. When it comes to, let me go through my notes, different, different things. If you look at the old covenant, the Bible says, don't get drunk. Mm. Don't get drunk. Okay, Paul told Timothy to drink a little wine for medicinal purposes. The issue is, when the Bible is talking about, I don't think even in the old or the new covenant time, there was alcohol as we see today. What they had was wine. But I think beer is mentioned over yes, there. Yes, strong, beer, strong, 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 strong drink, drink was mentioned. there. But in the new covenant, the principles, you cannot teach the law. The new covenant, the principle is this. It's a principle of surrender. And the principle is Romans 12.1. Principle is Romans twelve one. So I mean, now we need it only here. So don't worry. Okay, just put it over here, so that people see. You know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So it doesn't matter whether you are talking about wine or food or anything you and I do. It's connected with the body. Hmm. So it's a question of surrender. And we have the word of God, we have the spirit of God. So I don't want to get too doctrinal about it. But the question is that, how does it make your body holy? Like, let us talk about smoking. Is smoking dimension at all in the Bible? No. No. So because it is silent about it, so is smoking okay? Do we have to go to the surgeon general as what he says? So what we look into the body of God. I know it's humorous that if God wants to, if God wanted man to smoke, he would have put a chimney on the head. All kind of things are said as a joke to put across a message. But the simple thing is that this is the principle. This is the principle. You're offering God has a... Because the same principle will appear in so many different questions. Can I go there? Can I do this? Can Can I I watch movies? Watch movies? Can I go for dancing? Everything is there. The simple question when I do youth meetings with people in other countries, young people in other countries, is simple. I said, go to Romans 12.1. You offer your body. I said, if you want to talk about dancing, my simple thing is that if you can take Jesus to that dance club, Go ahead. You need to know Jesus first. And if you think he will come with you, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I said to, to people, I will say, can I wear this? I said, don't even look at your husband as your spouse. He's temporary until death do part. Look at Christ as your eternal spouse. Because there will be husbands who may want wives to dress in a very, what you call, sexy, lusty way to get misdirected attention. But the question is, would Christ love it? So this is a principle, whether it is about dressing, eating, drinking, everything. The simple answer is this. Would Jesus be pleased with it? Jesus would be pleased with it. No. And I look at one thing which Jesus said about it. No, I think it is. For me, there is this principle. Some people will say, I can handle it. Hmm. I, I, I'm good. Which may be absolutely true. You may be able to handle it. I'm not saying you are not able to handle it, but I've seen many of these handlers are drunkards now. 
pun intended pun intended romans chapter 14 okay when it comes to non threatening things i bis yeah romans 12 14 verses 1 and 2 for 14 romans 14 okay this yes. is a simple principle okay receive one who is weak in the faith but don't not disputes over doubtful things see doubtful don't fight over doubtful things hmm. okay for one believes he may eat all things but one who is weak eats only vegetables okay for one believes yeah let him who eat despise him who does not eat let him not him who does not eat judge him who eats for god has received him and simple like you know even when we come together for a fellowship meal after church on a sunday there's still people who don't eat beef because there are a lot of people who have come from another faiths where beef is uh, still it's a block for them or if you have come from a muslim faith pork may be a block for them and we say it's fine though we tease them and say when the first time they have eaten beef we say you are delivered today we, we tease them but we leave it alone mm-hmm. we don't have to force these things okay like personally speaking i don't eat pork i don't eat pork but everybody in my family does including my wife and my five children and i have no issues with it it's my conviction i don't force anything on them the fact is that i cook for them mm-hmm. I would make pork for them. I have no issues with it. It's my personal conviction. And if they are not convinced about it, that's that's okay. God is not going to stop though I look into and see that okay, I have any I mean I was a pork eater and I loved it. And I'm telling all the things God said no are some of the most tastiest things on planet earth. And I don't know why he said that. I think it's a test of our tongue. Okay. But I'm telling a general principle, general principle. But when it comes to alcohol, you need to realize it is dangerous it is dangerous you know the the even wine the the old covenant is full of warnings mm-hmm. don't look at the wine when yes. it is red uh, all yes. kinds of yes. things because even wine can cause you drunk okay and efficiency talks about do not be drunk but be drunk in the holy spirit that is the intention over there so he says i know you want a high basically god is saying you can't get a higher than a high than my spirit mm-hmm. when he comes in you will be on such a high mm. such a high he says you want alcohol i offer you my spirit you ask anything which you want to go on a high on god says i give you my spirit and he says there's nothing comparable to my spirit mm. and then there is always one line that always convinced me the bible says wine is a mocker mm-hmm. it's a mocker i think that's that's what um, cartacol and aromber he was reading his bible when he was young in the lord and uh, drinking beer or wine or something and then he read these words and he said it put it away and from that day he never touched alcohol again he looked at it and said you know what my wine is a mocker am i mocking god mm-hmm. <laughs> am i mocking god god says wine is a mocker mm-hmm. and in the last days many scoffers and mockers will come in cups also right and he put it away so it's a it's a conviction and once you are convinced that way you know god gives you the strength but like i said there's one line i'm not able to remember the exact scripture but jesus said i will not drink of this fruit of until, this wine until that day of that kingdom i will not drink so that always that has been at the back of my mind saying that like think about yeah got it yeah can we have that 
Okay, we know what the fru- the the context. The, its context. It's talk. I will say you. I will not drink. He's not talking about eating. He's talking about drinking of the fruit of the wine until the kingdom of God comes. And we know we are praying every day. Thy kingdom come. Okay. So what is Jesus talking about? Just think about it. Okay. The church, uh, though we are all most of us sitting here are male, we are a bride, and he is the bridegroom. Okay. Now think about it. If the bridegroom is not going to drink. Because he is waiting for the bride to come up. How can the bride sit on earth and drink? He is in heaven. He is free. He's not going to get drunk. He's got self-control. This is a new body. There is no issues there of drinking wine. But there where there is no issues and absolute liberty, when my future spouse is not drinking and waiting for me to come up over there, how can I be on earth with this corrupted body indulged in drinking? Mm-hmm. That's a simple principle. Like I said, Again, I will tell you, this is the simple thing for people in the new covenant to overcome. This is the simple thing, is John chapter 14 and verse 15. Simple pr- principle is this, if you love me, keep my commandments. He didn't say, if you keep, keep my commandments, you love me. He said the other way. So that's what we need to ask, Lord, baptize me with, with love for God. And uh, as an example, I will tell you... Uh, I still remember his name. His name was Matthew Savior. When I was doing my undergraduate first year, there was this guy, tall guy, beard, smoker, wouldn't shower, wouldn't wash his clothes, smart fellow, wouldn't shave. No. Then one day transformation took place <laughs> because he shaved, he's dressed neatly, he stopped smoking, he's drink too, he stopped drinking, and we all were shocked. Matthew Savior, what happened? And I knew he wasn't even saved because he, he was not saved. So we all asked Matthew, say, what happened? He was smiling. He said, what happened? Then everybody said, he's fallen in love and the girl loves him. And she said, Matthew, I don't like these things. And he just stopped for her. He didn't need anybody to say anything. The girl, he fell in love with him, said, Matthew, you stink. I don't like your beard. You smoke. You drink. I don't like any of this. He stopped it overnight. And that's exactly what God is saying over here. You know what people will do for the sake of love? Mm-hmm. That to the extremes people go on earth to do for the sake of a human love. And God says, nobody has loved you the way I have loved you. And then he says, you see how I love you? And if you love me, it is very easy for you to do what I tell you to do because my very love will cause you to do it. And my answer to people always is that, you know what? Don't look at the Bible as a rule book. Hmm. Look it as a relationship. This is written to you by somebody who really, really loves you. And that is why he says, uh, my commands are not burdensome. burdensome. That's in, again, John himself John says, chapter five, yeah. 1 John chapter, chapter five. 5. He says, you know, when does, uh, when does uh, it not become burdensome? When you love him. No? It's when you Most love. No, when you love. Hmm? For this is the love of God that we keep his commands. And his commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. This is the love of God. This is not a love of man. This is the love of God. It is not burdens. It's as simple as that. It's not burdens. So the simple principle is that love God with all your heart and then read the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then read the Bible. And then you'll suddenly realize, you know what? I just want to do these things for you. I just want to do things for you. Okay? It's, it's just like, you know, ask uh, like Apu sitting here. Ask Apu, do you get tired working? She will say, yeah. 
Do you want to lie down? Yeah. I said, wait for a few more months and the baby is going to come. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now she will have to walk around carrying it left and right and day and night. You know, one bubble comes in the stomach, your sleep is gone. The question is, do you put the baby down? No. I said, I'm just tired. Just go. You know, why do you do it? Mm-hmm. Are you still tired? Yes. Is it heavy? The baby is heavy? Yes, all that. But you know what? There's something that overcomes. That's exactly what the Bible says. Love never fails. It's the love of God. It never fails. It simply cannot fail. It's the love of God. God never fails and the love of God never fails. That's the answer to these questions. That's why the Bible is full of principles. Don't read it as law. Because the law brings misery and death. Mm. It brings misery and death. No, and Don't bring the law. The law came through Moses and all the law brought was death. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And you know what? It sets you free. <coughs> yes, Pastor Vijay. Sorry. Pastor, we have another very interesting question. I think it's got to do with health issues. Yeah, that is from Australia. Australia. It's uh, question number 16. I've been battling with health issues before and after my salvation, and now my boys also on and off have cold, flu, fever, asthma, allergies, etc. A sort of repetitive pattern. And lately, all are sick in the family with gastro breakouts. Okay, before we go to that, I just got the question, follow-up question. Please let me know if I drink, am I upsetting Jesus? I guess I answered you. Drugs is not good, but if you have control, what is the problem with alcohol? <laughs> if we are drunk and we do crazy things, are we to blame? Can we blame the alcohol? <laughs> okay, I'll answer question number three first, okay? Um, uh, there was this uh, uh, prisoner, uh, I mean convict, uh, brought to the court accused of stealing so he said i'll argue my own case so how he argued his case was that i did not steal but the judge says all the evidence are against you somebody said i did not steal it's my hand that stole <laughs> i didn't steal so the judge said that is fine just cut your hand off <laughs> Okay, so when you drink alcohol and say that I did something, am I to blame or the alcohol? The question is, who drank? Mm-hmm. Who drank? Okay, who drank? The question is, who drank? Okay, so now you need to realize the world is going wonky. The find is they are legalizing uh, drugs today. Mm. They are legalizing drugs, okay? They are legalizing everything that God said no to. But legalizing does not change what God has said. You can change all the laws of the world, but the word of God will stand, still stand. See, you may get out from the court on earth, but one day we are all going to stand before a different court. It's the court of God, and it's called Judgment Day. And we are not going to be judged by the court of earth Hmm. and the laws of earth. We are going to be judged by the laws of God. Now, this is not to condemn anybody, whether it is alcohol or drugs. No, it is gonna destroy you. It is gonna destroy your body. Okay, and uh, even medicine. I'm telling you honestly, just don't pop in pills. Take it only when it's absolutely necessary. Just don't. People are on painkillers. Painkillers destroy your body in the long run. It's so easy. I'm gonna pop it, pop it, pop it, pop it. You know, and Prozac and antidepressants. This all are taking your life away and your capacity to think properly and hear properly from God. So we are putting a general principle. The simple thing is that there is healing and there is health. The best thing for your health 
Proverbs 4 will say is the word of God. Mm-hmm. The word of God is health to the whole man's body. Yes. body. Mm-hmm. We cannot stop uh, which is beyond our control. But what is within our control, we can stop. So whether it is drug, whether it is alcohol, anything. And somebody who is come to the Lord and you are struggling with this, this is not to condemn you. But there is a God who will deliver you. I know people in our ministry and all around the world, 40 years of drug abuse and in an instant could be set free. Instant could be set free. That's the power of God. Mm -hmm. And then let me tell you, when you talk about drugs, the word in Greek for is pharmakeia. And it is occult. Sorcery. Sorcery. Mm -hmm. You need to realize in occult, drugs are always used to open up the heavenly portal for you. To have a demonic encounter, drugs are used in every culture. Every culture, drugs are used. Just ask any Indian. We just had a festival two days back. We just had a festival two days back. What is the major ingredient in that festival? You know what? It is grass. Grass It is grass. So that people get hallucinations and they see these gods, everything, and they are on a high and they say, I have seen visions and dreams. But you know what? Drugs are used for occult. And alcohol also, you know, so we need to realize that alcohol uh, also is used. So if you want to drink, drink wine, drink in moderation, okay? Don't drink too much if you want to drink, I'm saying, okay? But uh, don't go into other stuff. Don't drink alcohol as far as possible. But personally thinking, uh, I'm not uh, degrading anybody, but I'm personally thinking I grew up in a home where my father used to drink. My father was became became alcoholic and died of cirrhosis. Maybe that's why I got this severe block with alcohol because I saw an incredibly good, righteous man. He was an incredibly disciplined, righteous man who never fell ill. In my entire memory, I could only think of him falling once. In his, he died at the age of 64. Okay, so I'm talking about Never falling ill because he was so healthy in his heating habits and everything. But he started drinking. He started drinking. And weekends we had uh, parties where everybody came to play cards and drink. And my job was to clear the table, meaning take the glasses off. And I couldn't, I knew every brandy and whiskey and rum, you name it, I knew it all. And beer. And I used to hate this man. Okay, as a child I tried it. And I said, how could people even drink this? It's so yucky. How could even people drink it? Okay, so and I bought alcohol for my father almost three times, four times a week. I went. I was the I was the one who was sent to buy it. So I know what it is like. But what I see, I saw the picture of an incredibly good man, just living death, dying slowly of cirrhosis. But God was merciful. Two days before he died, he accepted the Lord and he died. So God showed him mercy. So I will always say, why do you want to go that route? And if you are an alcoholic, I would say that. Cry out to the Lord, like I said, taught in the morning. Cry out to the Lord. So, Lord, deliver me free. Taught in the morning. Cry out to the Lord. So, Lord, deliver me free. And he will deliver you. He will deliver Amen. you. For this purpose, the Son of Man Amen. came to destroy the works, works of the devil. You can cry out to God and you're serious from your heart. I'm telling you, he will deliver you of anything. Because he's more interested in your and my deliverance than we ourselves are. Because if you are a father and your child has an addiction, you know what? The father is more interested in the child's addiction than the child itself. And you evil fathers know how to give good things. How much more of our father in heaven. So that's my answer. Amen. Yes, Yes, thank you, Lord. I've been battling... uh, 
with ish health issues before and after my salvation and my boys also on and off have cold fever asthma allergies etc a sort of a repetitive pattern and lately all are sick in the family with gastro breakouts and flu some of our health issues is natural due to lack of immunity etc and some could be of spiritual warfare or due to due to a sin such as unforgiveness bitterness or anxiety stress etc some of the chronic repetitive health issues despite praying and believing how do we differentiate clearly if it's a result of a spiritual attack or of lack of immune or built up stress or burnout etc how do you distinguish how do you distinguish a simple thing is that you need the spirit of discernment god will tell you personally speaking god will tell you and uh, he he speaks about your sickness remember in the case of the man who had the persevering paralytic man who was mm. brought down jesus looked at him and he knew it was a sin issue yes he said your sins are forgiven he didn't say that to everybody mm-hmm. the man who was born blind they asked him did he sin or his forefathers just said neither no. this is for the glory of god mm. okay glory of god but this is my personal take about sickness there are many reasons for sickness God has only one answer it is healing I am somebody who personally believes in absolute total healing of any sickness any time I will never take away these things from God because mm. I look into the Bible it does not matter what your sickness was and even if you died of your sickness God brought him back to life mm. okay so you look at this complete because this is a complete atonement of cro- of the cross and there was a or shadow of that uh, Okay. Uh it's it's complete atonement that was offered on the cross and I believe in it. Believe. But I also see the other side which is what I call the sovereignty of God. Mm. Okay. The sovereignty of God. Because somebody is they lost the question I think. Yeah. This is about a sister from Australia writing about diseases they are facing and what are the causes it could be because of stress because of sin or immunity so these are all uh, these are all what you call natural reasons and reasons are you could have so many causes for a sickness but if it is sin answer is repentance okay answer is repentance if it is a bad eating habits then the simple thing is that have healthy eat, eating habits if it's because the entire system is polluted then you go back to the promise of god in mark 16 and say even if you take poison it will not harm you mm-hmm. this all comes by faith and if you know that you have done everything that the word of god has done and the spirit and is still you are not well still stand god glorify god glorify mm-hmm. god because a man's blindness mm-hmm. that man's blindness brought glory to god and brought him into the kingdom of mm-hmm. god Okay, all the ones who could see rejected Jesus, but he who could not see when he realized Jesus was the one, he said, "Lord, I believe." Okay, so every sickness at the end of the day, when it comes to Jesus Christ, it glorif- glorifies Him. But if you want to ask me directly, I will say Psalm hundred and three very clearly says, "Right, is a God." Both you have to factor it because people struggle with sin. That's connected with your soul. and prop people struggle with diseases that is connected with the body uh 103 yeah. forgives, forgives all your iniquities mm-hmm. and, who and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies this is true hmm. this is true about god so that's what i said i will not question god's word this is god's word and can we go to some 138 words too because we have a lot of pastors listening today and this have words verses sometimes pastors do not know about because 
most of the places where I went and I showed pastors this verse, they had never seen this. I will worship toward your holy temple. Praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. That's why we go into the word. And how do you, how do you look at Psalm 103 and verse 3? Mm. I look at that word. I lift that word above all my situations. And even if I do not get healed, I still will not negate the truth of God's word. It didn't work for me, but still I magnify the word above my sickness, above my descent. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. There is something wrong with me. That's why I did not get healed. But you know what? The word of God will stand even after I am gone. And it will be forever settled in heavens. It cannot be broken. Therefore, I look over it and I will say, you know what? There is healing for every disease in the Bible. But there is something else that the Bible also says the outward man is perishing. Okay? Because we are growing old. That is what I call the natural breakdown of the body. But even that, even that is within limits. Even that is within limits. Okay, you could have two different, two people like uh, one famous evangelist died today. He was called the Billy Graham of uh, uh, South America. I think, I don't know how you pronounce his name, La Palau or something. I, I, I've heard about him. He's big. He died at 92. Okay. And you will see people at 90, 91, 92. I knew our brother Tambu's father. He died at over 100. And he used to come for my Bible studies when he was 94, 95. He used to be in Chennai. He used to come to Hyderabad. And he would be coming after six months and he could still remember what I had preached six months. And he was perfectly fine. Hmm. He would do everything on his own. Everything fine. Okay. Godly man, disciplined man, everything. So you have all these pictures over there. And you cannot say this is right and this is wrong. But the word of God is over there. Outward man is perishing. All slowly, you know, feel. Stood for five hours. I was up from before 3.30 in the morning. So by the time we finished by 1.30, yes, my leg aches. Why? Because God did not say, if you're a believer, I give you iron legs. Mm-hmm. He didn't give it. Your legs are still human. It is still <laughs> wears and tears. Even if like strong people are there, how long can you play football? Hmm? Even Maradona will ask for time out. Because no. So so there are limits to the human body. So that is there. Don't push your limits. But I will always say it doesn't matter how many times it recurs. Still speak to your body and say, Lord, I surrender my body and I'm speaking to this sickness in the name of Jesus. I command you to every night I pray with a particular person. Every night, 9.30, 9.35. have this sickness and every night I rebuke that sickness continuously. Do I give up? No. As long as the person calls, I will not give up. You know why? Because I will magnify his word. Hallelujah. I will magnify his word because you have to, Jesus said, speak to this mountain and it will go away. How long do you need to take a mountain out? You think it will go away in one? No. A lot of people speak twice to a mountain and think the mountain will go away. Think in the natural. Think about a small hill and a highway is passing by. How many months it takes to level that mountain? Do you know? Sometimes you have to dynamite the bulldozers. All the earth movers have to come and a year or two years later the mountain is gone. The mountain is not there. People will look at the scripture, speak once to the It hasn't gone so it does not work. No. You have to lift the word of God about your situation. Keep on speaking, keep on speaking, keep on speaking. Because you know what? You believe. And then one day you will wake up and you will realize the mountain is gone. 
mountain is gone when do you stop you stop it like paul did three times i asked the lord and three times he got the answer no no he three times he got the answer no he heard and if you ask god and he says no 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 stop it then say lord i surrender this is your will for me and i know out of this only good can come out nothing bad will come out and he will paul will actually thank god at the end of it you know what this messenger from satan which is buffeting my body has turned around for my good because that's how you look at sickness but keep speaking keep praying keep laying even parents in the church who have children who have issues if you ask them what do i tell them i tell them don't take don't the doctor's report is fine <laughs> it is okay they might say your child is a little challenged praise god for <laughs> the doctor's report but you know what you lay your hands upon your child and say every day you tell your child every day you know what speak over it and says you know what my child will grow up normal it whatever it is there god he will set him free or her free and it will grow up normal it will be normal you know some of the greatest geniuses in the world were all called were supposed to be in mental houses because mm-hmm. that was a doctor's report but their mothers refused to go by it they prayed over it and no like you you are pregnant and they will do a test and you say no that your baby may be this your baby may be that that's okay Pray over the baby, lay hands over your baby, and say, "You know what? That is a doctor's report, but you know what? I am overruling it by God's report. My baby is set apart from the womb by my faith, according to the word of God. It is holy, it is acceptable, and I'm committing this baby, and this baby is going to be whole. Pray over it, speak over it every day. Speak over your body. You know why? Because Jesus was a very funny man. He spoke to trees, and trees obeyed. Okay, he spoke to animals, and animals obeyed. Hmm. Okay, he spoke to bodies, and bodies obeyed. Okay, so that's all we are doing. Okay, and all we and uh, you know what? You need to speak if you are a farmer listening. You need to speak over your plants. I'm not saying you are crazy. You are just following your master. He showed us the way. Speak over your plants. do the watering and all properly first and after that speak to your plants and you say you know what i am committing you for the lord and grow well and bring forth a good harvest speak over it if god can curse a plant and the place plant die god can bless a plant and bring forth an harvest amen okay you need to learn to do th- we need to learn to do these things speak blessings speak blessings over over no over no people people ask why is that when you drive a two wheeler it is it never gives trouble when you give it to somebody else two days later it is practically like an accident broken down is because i speak over my two wheelers that you will not give me trouble you know what i use it for you know who it is and i tell my scooter and to myself when you learn to drive you did not know how to pedal a cycle and you still do not know how to ride a bike you have no balance and you've been driving for from 1992 to 2021 you haven't had an accident you know why because it is god who helped you god who helped you like okay. i'm careful i don't go ever beyond 50 55 that's my maximum okay i will not have an accident <coughs> will not have an accident i drive carefully and i don't have balance still Okay, if you ask that GSS bike to for me to drive, I probably would fall on the road. So I don't try, but but I speak over these things, and you say, you know what? I will not have an accident, and my vehicles will not give trouble. 
will not give trouble. You know why? Because Jesus speaks. I'm not bringing this word of faith movement over here, but there is truth into that. He said, speak if you believe in your heart and speak with your mouth. You have to believe these things. Commit everything that you have. You know, it's called stewardship. Okay, stewardship. All that I have and all that I own belongs to God. It belongs to God. And Lord, let it give good. Even when we dedicate vehicles and all, what is that we pray? Lord, let your hands be upon the driver. (coughs) And we commit this vehicle into the hands. All the days they drive, let them be safe. Let it give them trouble-free service. What you have to do, what the company says, give it for regular servicing. Okay, don't try it things that ah, come it in the Lord. Now once in two years I will give with servicing. Your vehicle will break down. The same principle <coughs> applies to your body also. I have word of God behind me. I'm going to abuse my body. God says no. I said use your body. I didn't say misuse or abuse your body. And the laws are given in the Bible. Laws in principles. What to eat, what not to eat, how to live, how to exercise. Everything is there in the Bible. You do that. Apply faith to it. I believe we can live... Uh, very healthy life without fear of COVID. Hmm. <coughs> so we'll take question number 11. 11? Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you have Hebrews 10.16 on screen please? 10.16, Hebrews 10.16. Um, God's perfect will, we may think we know, then we mess up and life is a mess. We may, we need to please God, but we still mess up. How come pastor? Why is it so difficult? It's not so. Di- I mean, it's not a question. It is difficult. It is difficult <coughs> in the sense. Now, let us go to uh, uh, Romans twelve one and two. Then we will understand. Okay, we are talking about. Okay, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, there is an order which God has set that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The first thing, it's it's its construction is wrong, grammatically. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. If it's a sacrifice, it cannot be living. Hmm. Every sacrifice is dead. Otherwise, with the animal <coughs> will jump up, the first flame comes, he'll break the ropes and it will run. But God doesn't want dead sacrifices. He wants a living sacrifice. With a willing mind, each day God wants us to surrender our bodies. Hmm. It's a willing mind. So it is a daily thing. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. What is holy? We have to search scriptures to know what is acceptable to God. We have to learn. We will only keep learning as it grow. What I thought acceptable one year, we realized later it was not acceptable. But those seasons of ignorance, God overlooks, the Bible says in the book of Acts, but now commands everyone to come to repentance. Yes. So we are growing. We are in the process. Second, do not be conformed to this world. That is our major problem. The problem of the church is this. Do not be conformed to this world. The world is always putting pressure to come into its mold. And to stand against it is not very easy. It is very, it's, it is where you have to determine in your heart. That is what Daniel did. See, Daniel and Joseph always will stand out like superstars. It's not because of what they did. It's because of where they did it. Yes. It's where they did Amen. it. Amen. It's not what they did. There could have been a thousand other people who did it in Jerusalem. (coughs) But there are only two men who did it in Babylon and in Egypt. In the world, with absolutely nobody to stand with you. Absolute. Everything is against you. The whole dispensation is against you. But they stood alone. 
and God stood with them. So first you have to make a decision. That's where it comes. Hmm. Okay, first if you have to make a decision. And decision is very important. A lot of people have not made up their minds yet about so many things. The first step is very important. You have to make up your mind. <laughs> okay, you have to make up your mind about issues. Once you have made up your mind, okay, then it becomes like, you know, so many kids to whom I have ministered. And if you ask them, why when that difficult situation came, how were you to handle it? They will say that when you taught us, we made our decision then. When they made the decision, they were young, they were unmarried. Hmm. But when I taught them, they decided one thing. When I get pregnant, abortion is a no-no. Amen. Whether I'm married or unmarried, if I fall and get pregnant, or if it's pregnancy in my... And both cases have happened where they came to me. And the first people they always would ring is to me from far away. One was unmarried, one was married. One was unmarried. I said, no way, Jose, you're going to do it. You know it. Yes. I said, okay, what do you need to do? This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Okay. Second case, married. Pregnant. Doctor said, your child is going to have issues. It's, it's, it's going to be deformed. And the mother said, mother, you know what? His doctor was after the mother's life to abort the baby. And the, you know what the mother said? Mother said, I still remember what Vijay taught us when we were young. I am not going to do that. I made up my mind. You know what? She changed the doctor. And you know what? She's bringing up a child with got club foot. The child was formed. formed and he's a cute little fellow. Yeah. Cute little fellow. He holds, he sings and everything. His name is Jeremy. You know, and I get the pictures. You know, and when I look at the baby, you know what? I feel so good. You know what, Lord? Something which you taught me, a boy is living today. Because the mother made a decision because the word of God brought conviction. Hallelujah. And there was another case Thank quite you. recently where the mother became pregnant. And the father was after her life to abort the baby. And it was very difficult. Mm. The mother stood there. And I prayed with her every day. I prayed with her every day. I said, and uh, it, it was berserk. Things were going berserk. But she stood alone. Because she was the only believer in the family. Stood alone. And she's got many other children. And she's reaching her 40s. And she stood alone. You know what? And it's very difficult to stay alone. Okay? And yet, God showed mercy. You know what? What happened? Uh, it, there was a natural miscarriage. Nothing happened. She had a miscarriage. But you know what? God glorified that woman. And you know what about the unmarried girl? What happened? I said, go home. Go tell your parents. Go tell your parents. She went home. She told her parents. The first thing her mother asked is that, did you talk to Brother James? And she said, yes. He said to come home. He said, yes. She said, you know one thing. You have sinned against God. You have sinned against your parents. And her father was a priest. As uh, parents, and you have sinned against your church. So we want you to come before the church and ask for forgiveness. And she did it. A week or s later, she had a miscarriage. Nobody did anything. She's an unmarried girl. She had a miscarriage. Today she is married, settled with one of the most beautiful men. Like a wonderful, loving husband, loving father. She's got a gorgeous child. Everything is settled. You know what? When you take a stand for God, because you're convinced, because of the word of God, God will honor you. Always will honor you. Mm. That's why the Bible says, everyone who calls upon the name of anyone, he will not put you to shame. Mm. He will not. But for that, we need conviction. And this is what people, people still have, do not have conviction about a lot of things. They do not. Because it is the world. Mm. And we want to conform to the pattern of the world. And God says, don't. But be transformed. 
hearts. Don't be conformed. Be transformed by, by the renewing of your mind with the word of God. When you see the word of God, you should have very strong convictions. The thing is that if you don't have convictions, later when you fall, you will struggle with repentance. I'm not saying convictions will make you fool from Mm -hmm. falling. Even David fell. He was a man of strong convictions, but he fell. But why could he come back and come back with such strong conviction, bounce back? You know why? Because his mind was always renewed by the word of God. The man who wrote to us in Psalm 109, what should a youth do? Hide the word of God in his heart that he may not sin against him. Hid the word of God in his heart and sinned. But he came back. And he came back because he had very strong convictions. So convictions is what we need. I'm not saying convictions will make you foolproof to temptations. It is a very good defense to temptation. But to avoid temptation, there are a lot of other things which also you should do. Okay, but when you fall, you will bounce back. And then when this thing happens, this is progressive. You may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect. The will of God falls into three. Almost everything about God falls into three. First, when you come to God, it is all so nice. It is like a party. Right, that is the outer courts. It's a party. It's all smoke and fire and a lot of crowds and singing and dancing. That is the good will of God. But when you move to the acceptable will of God, you suddenly realize nine tribes, uh, eleven tribes are gone. Only one tribe is there. And only one tribe could go into the next will of God. Why? The sword had to go through your own soul. Mm They would had to kill their own flesh and blood to be acceptable. The sword has to go through. Many people are not willing for this. They are willing to put the sword through somebody's soul. (laughs) They are not willing to put the sword through your your own soul. Mm -hmm. Because you see, that is what happens. You have to die to yourself. Because you know what? This one says, let's think about it. Because you have to imagine. Imagination is good as long as it's towards God. Okay? Sanctified. Mm. Imagine Daniel and his friends on that long thousand mile trip from Jerusalem to Babylon. It would have taken weeks and months. They are a company of Jewish believers, prisoners from the household of Judah. And they would have made so many friends on the way, shared their agonies, their pains, their sorrows, their tiredness, everything. But when you came finally and standing in the hallway of a Babylonian court, you have to look at all of them and you make your decision. And you know that after that day, Daniel probably lost most of his friends. Mm. Yep. Most of his friends. Because only three stood with him. The others refused. They compromised. You know what? It is not easy. It is painful when you lose your friends. It is painful when you lose your family. Lose your family. You know? Abraham, Rebecca, when she was asked, will you go with this man? She was passing a death sentence to her own life. She knew that she would never see her family again. But she knew she had to go. She moved from what was good to the acceptable will of God. It's not easy. That's what God is talking about. So God takes us in this process. But one of these things is that you have to make up your mind. That is, Pastor Vijay will give us the reference. If any man wills to do his will. 7.17. Yeah, John 7.17. If any man See, I know my scripture by memory, but I cannot uh, quote it. Anyone wills to to do do his will. That's why I have this walking concurrence here next to me. Anyone wills to do. What is the first thing we have to do? We say, Lord, 
I want to know your doctrine. I want to know your will for me. Mm-hmm. God says, first commit yourself. Yes. It is like a miracle. Mm-hmm. First believe, then you shall see. No, I want to see so that I can believe. God says, it doesn't work like that with me. First you believe. Then you will see your miracle. In the same way, first commit yourself. If anyone wills to do this, people don't realize the most powerful entity in us which God has given us is our will. Mm-hmm. And even people who do not know God make powerful decisions, change their life and change the society simply because they make a decision with their will. We have a will. And that's why we are all sitting here and listening because we chose in our will to come here, to Amen. speak, to listen. And that's what God says. If anyone wills to do his will, and I know for me personally, that was my change. In my, people ask me, how come you understand scripture so well? I said, my breakthrough was many, many years ago when I went on my knees and said to the Lord, you know what, Lord, I don't understand scripture, but I make this decision right now. Whatever you say is true. I accept it with no reservation. I will never, ever question your word in my life. Hmm. And I have never done it. Never done it, question my life. That's why I said, I do not, I'm not a cessationist. I believe everything in the Bible. Whether it can happen again, yes. Even if he has to part the Red Sea, forget the Red Sea, even the Pacific Ocean, he will do it. I will not take anything away from God. Okay? And you have to will yourself. I will never doubt your word, Lord. What is written is written. You are God. You never change. And you know what happens? You will start understanding scripture because God is able to reveal his will to you. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible is talking about. The good acceptable and then the perfect will. And you know what? God also knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And one of the things he will do is that he will never ask you to do something before you are ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ready for it. He knows us. Prepares. He will never ask us to do something before mm-hmm. you are ready for it. Because understanding this. God told Abraham to offer Isaac as a sacrifice only at the, yeah, the end of his, his life. life. Yes. Not in the beginning. Not anywhere. Mm-hmm. He knew he was ready for it. And the Bible says this man who wavered and faltered in his walk of faith, the word of God says the next day morning. Yet this is the most difficult thing God ever asked mm-hmm. Abraham to do. Most difficult thing. Difficult thing. And yet the Bible says the next day morning he packed up and he left. You know why? He was ready. And that's when he reached the perfect will of God. We are all on the road. Nobody has reached the perfect will of God because God will not tell us now. Will not tell us now because we will not be ready to obey it. Ready to obey it. And some of the people to whom God has said, I'm telling you, that's why this man fascinates me. I'm not saying Jesus does not fascinate me. Jesus fascinates me, but at the end of the day, I know he was God Mm. and man. So I get fascinated with men who were not gods. Okay? This is... uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse 5 and 6, verse 5 and 6. Who are you, Lord? Okay, I'm Jesus. And verse 6, Lord, what do you want me to do? He's asking the simple question everybody asks. Lord, I want to know your will. That's it. That's it, okay. Mm. But look at this. Okay. Verse 15 and 16. God said to him, Go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must must suffer suffer for my name's sake. This is a man 
who understood the perfect will of God in three days. You know why? Simply because his surrender was complete in three days. Mm. And that blows my mind off. Because everything that Paul will go through from the beginning to end is in two lines. Everything that happens in his life is there in two verses. And God has already revealed to him it in the beginning. To which man has God revealed everything of what would happen in his life? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything in one line. And you know what? This man never turns back. Never looks back. And every place he goes, he gets beaten up. And he's good with it. He's even stoned to death and rises back to life. And continues his journey. Never looks back. So this is the will of God. First we surrender to him. And God only will know if your and my surrender is complete. complete. And if it is not complete, He waits to reveal it. Oh to Lord, you. What you. God did not reveal it to Abraham, mm. He revealed it to Paul. Mm. So that's what I look at. I look at it and I will always encourage young people and say, you know what? Go ahead and give Him your everything. everything. Don't waste your time. Give Him everything because there is a God who will show you. This is where faith comes mm. from. Lord, if you show it to Paul and your word says you are not a respecter of persons, Lord, show it to me. When you know the day I kneel down and that day I have surrendered completely, don't it hold it away from me. Hmm. Lord, I kneel before you every day, but you know my heart, whether I'm kneeling in my heart or not. One day you will know. My cry to you is that, Lord, reveal it to me. Reveal it to me. What's Thank your you. will for me? Thank because you, I want to fulfill it completely. Because mm. with God, like I said, you have to bring faith in everywhere. Amen. Everywhere you have to bring in faith. Hmm. Pastor, because we have very little time. Either Jesus is coming or Biden is going. It's one of these two. Okay? If Jesus is coming, then we have very little time to finish our race. If Biden is going, we have more time. Either way, we have to fulfill the will, will of God. That is an aside joke. Okay? Pastor, Pastor uh, question number three. It's, this is talking about spiritual warfare related questions. Uh, it's uh, question number three. Which Bible was were you referring to when you said uh, 12 to 3 a.m. is the witch hour? Okay, with hours of darkness, we're talking basically because hours of darkness. This is primarily, again I said, these are principles in the Bible, okay? These are principles in the Bible. Let me look at. First, we will go to the principle in Genesis chapter 1 and we will read verses 1 to 5. Hmm. We'll go by, words by words. There are principles here. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, and The earth was without form and void. And if you go to the book of Job, you will see God did not create the earth without form or void. God has never created anything without form or void. So mm. between words one and words two, there is something. There's a fault. There is something. Mm. We do not know what it is. Speculations are there. Something happened over there, which caused the earth to lose its form and become void. And darkness was on the face of the deeps. So the first time you hear is darkness. And you hear darkness. Darkness is covering the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. It is without form. It is without void. It is both darkness and there is the Spirit of God. And then verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. God did not look at the darkness and say it was good. He saw the light was good. And what did he do? He divided 
the light from darkness remember this is not talking about the sun and the moon mm, yeah. that comes only later absolutely what it does on the first day is it divides light and darkness and we know after that throughout the bible the light is connected with righteousness with good and darkness is connected with evil mm. and you will see so there are works of light and there are works of darkness so the principle follows and then he calls it calls it what he calls light day day, mm. day. that's why we work in day mm-hmm. and it companies wants to work in night mm. reversing the order they're reversing god's order mm-hmm. they want you to work in night when god says while they sleep in day and they will make you work in night over here okay god called the light day and the darkness he called night so what does the bible says jesus says there are hours to work mm. and darkness is coming so we work during day the enemy works during night and thank god the god of israel neither sleeps nor slumbers therefore he watches over us when we sleep Mm. and the by when do we sleep we sleep during night that's a natural order and the bible says when men were sleeping the enemy came mm-hmm. the enemy came and so tears mm-hmm. so there is the work of the enemy during the time you sleep mm. and also if you look at sleep it are also divided into watches and the darkest part also is the when you are sound asleep is 12 to 3 12 to 3 and that is when the enemy is at work is most busy during 12 to 3 and you look into any occult form that is when they are at their busiest hmm. okay busiest 12 to 3 is when they are busiest and that's what the bible is talking about okay then if you come to exodus chapter 11 and verse 25 mm-hmm. 11 and verse 25 Exodus 11 Exodus Exodus Did I get it wrong again? I have this issue when I am writing. I think about the darkness which could be felt? No, when Israel uh yeah. Okay, 1229. It came to pass at the midnight that the Lord struck the firstborn in the land of Egypt. It was at 12 death began. and i believe this is what 12 to 3 it was mayhem in egypt god allowed the powers of darkness to take out every firstborn of egypt and all they could hear was wailing and crying god just took his hands off and there was death all over egypt it's a midnight hour but israel also left is egypt at the midnight, midnight hour. hour okay so there are two things god will allow God will allow the powers of darkness free reign. He's in control always remember sovereignty. He takes his hand off. And they have and when death took place and mass scale death took place when actually the enemy is involved in the death of millions. It is begins at the midnight hour. It is the hours of darkness. It is the hours of darkness. So these principles are there. The book of Job. Oh, I praise. I hope God I have got these references right. 34 and verse 20. in a moment they die in the middle of the night the people are shaken and pass away and the mighty are taken away without a hand mm-hmm. in a moment they die in the middle of the night what is god is talking about this is not a natural death it's not a natural death. this is judgment a judgment 
Wicked. The mighty are taken away without a hand. Just taken away out like that. Psalm 119 and verse 62. I hope it's right. At midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgment. Why did he rise up at midnight? Why did he rise up at midnight? He could have, you know what, that's the hour he rises up because he knows that's the hour where the enemy is at his height. At that hour I will give and I will just thank you at the midnight hour. And there are people who watch midnight hour, 12 to 3, they are called by God to stand and watch and then they go to sleep after at 3. There are others who wake up at 3 and they make decrees and cancel everything that was done during the midnight watch hour. There are two ways. You would, both are there in the Bible. Those who wake up at midnight hour and watch, stand watch mm-hmm. and pray and rebuke the works of darkness. Others who wake up at 3 and cancel everything the works of darkness has done. Both are there. So these are real things in the Bible. And John chapter 3 verses 19 and 20. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Evil. Look at this. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Let me ask about this question. Until modern cyber theft came, all robberies took place at night. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is cyber crime which is during day and night. Right? But everything, the thieves were always at night. Always at night. Right? They also had a different kind of anointing. They oiled their bodies nicely that even if you cast them, you could get a grip on them. <laughs> okay? Okay? <laughs> okay? The, the bikinis which became famous on the beach, they introduced it. They would bare minimum and come. Bare minimum. In Kerala, you know, bare minimum and come. And they would be oiled from head to foot and they will come. At midnight hour, they would come to steal. You couldn't get a grip on them. Absolutely, you couldn't get a grip on them. Okay, so what is talking about? The works of darkness. All evil works, everything takes place. When evil starts taking place during day hours, it has, it means God has handed over a world into darkness. Darkness. Mm. Prostitution was always at night. Now prostitution is day and night. What has happened? People have moved into darkness. Now people stay still during day and night. What has it happened? People's minds have been given over to darkness. Earlier people used to drink in the night. Now they drink day and night. Drug addicts used to look for dark areas. Now they are smoking in public. What has happened? Darkness has been allowed to take over a world. So there are pictures over here. But technically speaking, when all this witchcraft and all these t- things take place, it takes place at night. And the primary time is between 12 to 3. 12 to 3 is when they take place. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, there are other questions. I think that will take a lot of time. What do you think you want to take Maybe on? we'll take one more. Okay, so uh, the question is, is Germany... A compromised nation. <laughs> Germany is the one which compromised first. All the good, the bad and the ugly came from Germany. Some of the best theologians ever Germany produced. 
Okay. Germany also produced Hitler, by the way. Yes. Okay. Germany can produce everything from the same pipeline. <laughs> okay. Good and evil just comes from that. <laughs> That's what they said that first of one German, one scientist, two German, two scientists, three German, third world war. Third world war. Much of the junk you see today that is happening around the world, much of the junk that happened, even, okay, America is the leader of evil evil of mind blinding and the programming and everything they do to control it came from germany, germany yes mm. so german scientists when the second world war opened were captured and brought to us i forgot his name the guy who's uh, to pengle yeah yeah Ming, and, uh, Ming. dr pengle dr pengle yeah, the Ming. angel of death they yeah, call yes, him yes, dr pengle is the one who started practicing on the poor jewish prisoners he's the one who was in the labs how to control the mind and that's what has happened to us mind control slaves all all around the world mind control slaves that's why we encourage people not to watch tv not watch tv because tv is a is a form of programming your mind how you think that's why people I tell people just mm. get out of it get out of it just read news you have control don't watch as far as possible don't watch because it's a p- point of way of programming and you know what everything is programming now everything is programming and what happens and that's why the in the tv it's called programs everything is programming and the problem is that they are controlling your mind how you think how you think because they know very easy who are holds your mind has your body, has your body. Mm. and you look at the crazy stuff that you look at the crazy stuff that is happening in us and you wonder why there is no reaction from the people because they are mind control slaves mm. Mind control everywhere, even here. Mind control slave and sorcery is part of it. They use sorcery to use witchcraft to control, and they use programming to control. And you know what happens? This all came from Germany. Hmm. All from Germany. I don't know why it came from Germany, but Germany is one of the nations from which these things originated. Originated. And you think about <coughs> it. You know how could you do what Germany did? And it's still happening. all around the world but you look at the kind of stuff they did and other regimes did it also i'm talking about it yes it's in totally compromise all the western nations are compromised no nation in the west which is not compromised the only last one struggling remember before the election i preached is america on the ventilator it's on the ventilator i was not being a prophet but i preached is america on the ventilator it's on a ventilator now it's gasping for breath the church in us and only god can intervene and we have to always believe god will intervene europe is gone new europe has to come back god has to move a church in 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 europe has to cry out or rather the church in china and korea are crying out for europe we pity them they pity us hmm we pity them they pity us i'm telling you in the third world countries where there is so much persecution the churches they pray more for the churches in the west where they have freedom hmm. because they know you do not really know what spiritual freedom is liberty you're throwing away your liberty away for stupid stuff the devil has sold you a lie so it is not europe it's not germany alone all these nations have been compromised and it's a diabolical plan yes. and you cannot stop it you can only slow it you mm-hmm. cannot stop it then you have to rewrite the bible the antichrist is coming whether you like it or not and one world order is coming a single ruler is going to rise <coughs> and when he comes in he is going to unleash a reign of terror upon the believers and he will and god will give him power to kill them 
who will die by the sword will die. This calls for the patience of the saints mm. is what the book of Revelation. So rapture theory is there. But we are not sure about it because there are godly people broken into three groups, pre, mid and post. So even they are not sure. All we can do is what God said, watch and pray. He who endures till the end shall be saved. And then there is the promise to the church in Philadelphia. You had very little strength. You have kept my word. You did not deny my name. And because you persevered in these things, I will keep you from the trouble that is trial that is coming upon the whole world. So that whole world. So we have to look at these promises and you will realize nations have compromise. Nations have compromise. On, on the other hand, if you look at Gentile nations, are not compromising on what they believe, even if it's a lie. They are getting only stronger and more rigid. Have you noticed it? Hmm. Gentile nations of any, any color, any religion, they are getting more hard and more rigid hmm. on what they believe, including our country or China. More harsh, more authoritarian, more dictatorial. They are not compromising. <laughs> well, Christian nations are compromising to the left and to the right and, you know. And center also. Center also. <laughs> you know what's <laughs> happening? God's a warning sign to us. But, like I used to be when I was working with the underground church and working in that nation too. I had one suitcase and one bag and I was always packed ready to leave. Because mm. you never know when they would ask, catch you and ask you to leave. So I was always ready to leave. Mm. It would have taken me 30 minutes to back. <laughs> That's all I had. I had no bed. I had no cot. I slept on the floor. I had one table somebody gave me with two chairs. Third person came. I said, you need to sit on the floor. All my meetings in my house was on the floor. I had nothing to take. So I was always ready to leave, mm. leave any time. So God says, live lightly. You can have as many possessions as you want, but be very attached lightly. Yes. Just hold them loosely. Mm-hmm. Hold them loosely. loosely. That was Job. He had thousands and thousands and thousands of cattle and everything. He held them very lightly. Mm. Very lightly. Even Abraham. Mm-hmm. Very lightly. You know what? Because in one day he lost everything. Mm. Even his children. He loved them, but held them lightly. Mm. One day everything was gone. You know what he did? He grieved. But he worshipped God and said, The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. He was ready. That's how you should live. Mm. I'm not saying you should not have possessions. Have possessions. Mm. Have possessions. As much as God allows you and gives you the power. But your heart is not on that. Mm. Your heart is not on Mm. that. Hold them very lightly. Hold them very lightly. Amen. Mm. And cry like Paul wrote to the church in Maranatha. Maranatha, mm, come Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Not because I am troubled, mm. but that's what I'm looking for. Mm. Yes. <laughs> but I'm troubled here. That's what Paul says. To be absent in the body is to be present with God. For me to live or die is gain. But if you ask me, do I want to go? I will say I want to go. If you ask me, do you want to stay? Yes, I want to stay. Why? If I go, it's good for me. If I stay, it's good for you. Mm. It's simple. The heart is divided between God and the people, he's saying. If you ask me personally, I will go. But when I look at it, I see my sheep is not ready. You know? I still have a work to finish over here. And that's how you live. Because you have to look into the word of God and look around the world. And look at, at the world. You can look at the best in the world, the best of the best in the world, and then look into scripture and say, I haven't seen no years heard what God has prepared for it. Meaning the best of the best, even the golden palatial apartment in Trump Tower is no comparison to the smallest hut in heaven. Hmm. Because the streets are made of gold. Hmm. Streets are made of gold. <laughs> okay. Think about it. You cannot even imagine what heaven is like. 
It's not imagined. So you know what? You, I'm telling you, five minutes in heaven, you will miss nothing of earth. Nothing of earth. You will not miss anything. Maybe you may miss people. You are not going to miss anything. I don't think you will miss people too, because if you had missed people, you would have tried to take them with you. So, that's the gospel. Amen. Eyes haven't seen. Oh, you should get tickled. Eyes haven't seen. Oh, ears heard. I still remember the vision of my door in heaven. Mm. He never showed me inside. He only showed me the door. The mm. door was mind-boggling. So, I was still wondering, what is the inside like? <laughs> Hallelujah. No. <coughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. So, we shall pray, Pastor Vijay. Tomorrow is... Not Sabbath. Tomorrow is Sunday, the mm-hmm. Lord's Day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. We live in Sabbath and celebrate the Lord's Day. Mm. We'll pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, we just want to thank you, Father, for speaking to our hearts, oh Lord, even through this hour of Q&A. Yes, Lord, we want to hold on to things on this earth loosely, Lord, Father. Our minds and our hearts, oh Lord, let it be, O oh Father, on heavenly things. Your word says, where Christ is seated, and if you have been raised with Christ, set your minds and your hearts on things above and not things on earth. And this evening, O oh Lord, I pray, Lord, all of us, O oh Lord, will be challenged, will be, Father, uh, confronted with issues in our own life which are holding us back in, in giving you everything, O oh Lord. And I pray, Father, that all of us, O oh Lord, will endeavor to love you with everything that we have, O Lord Jesus, and to follow you till the, till the very end, O Lord. To that end, I pray, Lord, Father, you would bless, Father, every session that we have, and that you would raise up a set of disciples who will truly, Father, endeavor and pursue till the end. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.